Welcome to the Duathlon Show. On this episode, how to choose the right shoelaces for duathlon. If you cycle with bike shoes and clipless pedals, then you'll need to change shoes twice during your duathlon race. In transition one, you change out of your running shoes and into your cycling shoes. In transition two, you change back from those cycling shoes into your running shoes. If you want to go as fast as you can, you'll need some special laces on your running shoes to help you make the transition process easy. In this episode, I'm going to discuss three types of run laces or quick laces that you might want to choose for your next duathlon. Two you might have heard of before, but there's one really relatively new entry to the market that I'm really excited to discuss at the end. The first type of laces we'll talk about are elastic laces with a lock. These have a spring-loaded locking mechanism and plastic clamps at each lace end. With these, you lace up your shoes, cut them to size, and then apply the plastic clamps at each lace end. These laces allow quick in-race adjustments to your lace tension. Transition 2 in a duathlon is where these laces save you time. At T1, in the moment that you're taking them off, loosen the laces a tiny bit. Do not fully let the tension out. At T2, as you're putting them back on, you can more easily slip your heel in when you put the shoes back on, and then tighten them by quickly pulling the laces through the spring-loaded auto-locking tab. This will definitely provide you a faster adjustment than a full laces untie and retie in transition 2. You can also skip the loosening and tightening with these laces. Just kick your shoes off, slip them off in T1 without loosening or untying. In T2, you can use your hands to pull the tongue and heel the shoe apart and slip your foot in. The elastic laces have some give, enough to pull apart and allow you to enter the shoe, whereupon they'll retighten and you run off at high speed. Except, of course, your thighs and calves are screaming at you because you've just completed the two first legs of a duathlon and now you're on the last and hardest. The second type of lace are simple elastic laces just tied together normally. These are the same sort of elastic laces as type 1, but with no locking mechanism. So you pull your laces tight and tie them like normal shoelaces. This means you can't do the same small quick adjustments that the locking laces provide. These laces stay tied the whole duathlon. In T1, you pull them off, and in T2, you pull them apart, wedge your foot in, and go. Less flexibility, but a perfectly functional option, and presuming T2 goes smoothly, with an easy foot entry and no fumbling, you can transition in these exactly as fast as you can with the locking laces. The third and final type of lace is a bubble lace. Bubble laces are pictured in the art for this episode. These guys are the new kid on the block. You see a lot of multi-sport blogs and articles discussing the first two types of quick laces I've mentioned, but this third seems to be a newer entrant to the market, because I don't see them being discussed as much. The first brand I saw making these bubble laces is called Caterpie. C-A-T-E-R-P-Y. The Pokemon was P-I-E, by the way. They call their product no-tie shoelaces, but other brands other than Caterpie make these as well, and you can find them on Amazon and other retailers. These are stretchy elastic laces covered in fabric, just like the first two types, but the fabric coating on these laces includes these bubbles regularly spaced throughout the whole strand of the lace. 
Each bubble is about a half inch or 13 millimeters apart measured from the center of each bubble. There are two benefits to these bubble laces. First, they stretch and rebound just like the other elastic laces mentioned so far in this episode. And second, the bubbles allow you to lock the laces in place at the desired tension on every level of the shoe top. You can portion your lace out between eyelets by number of bubbles. So a tight shoe for you might have three bubbles between each eyelet, or some levels will have three and some two, etc. The lace will stay exactly in place at each eyelet because the bubbles are too large and bubbly to go slide through the eyelet holes, unless forced by you, the human shoe wearer. They will not budge under normal running stress. So you can get a super custom lockdown, which for duathlon is great because you might be shooting for a slightly looser than regular fit in order to speed up transitions. But much like the lock laces, you can do minor adjustments in race. Pull a bubble or two out at the top eyelet in order to jam your foot in. Then pull those two bubbles back in tight. You can keep the end of your laces folded forward and tucked under the bottom level of the lace for the entire race. See the episode cover art for a picture of my shoes, New Balance Fuel Cell Super Comp Pacers, in this exact setup. The ideal for any of these three type of laces is to slip out and then later back into your shoes without untying anything and without loosening or tightening the laces. The pros at the World Championships do this for the quickest transitions. Also, make sure to practice a lot. You can do this at home. I've done this inside my NYC apartment, jogging back and forth between two rooms and putting shoes on and off 10 times in a row. But be prepared to adapt. In T2, you'll be coming in hot and at a brain oxygen deficit. You're literally thinking less clearly because your muscles are demanding more O2 and your brain is getting less. And your arms and hands might not function as smoothly as they do on their absolute best days because you're tired after a run and a bike. So if you're fumbling a bit with the shoes and having trouble jamming your heel into the shoe, it's okay to loosen your laces a bit and then retighten them. Another tip, try to stay standing up. Practice this, practice this tired. It's way easier, but also way slower to sit down and change your shoes during T1 and T2. I didn't even consider this my first three duathlons. I just sat down during T1 and T2 during all those races, even though by my second race, I was already gunning for top age group slots. But if you watch the elites or watch world championship races, you'll see that everyone's doing transitions and shoe changes standing up the whole time. So changing shoes while standing is the fastest way to do it if you can pull it off. It's important to prep your laces beforehand. They'll probably end up being a tad looser than your preferred lace fit on a training day. Unless you're doing a cross duathlon or a mountain bike duathlon with trail running and roots and rocks, where you'll need all the ankle stability you can grab, this should be okay. Practice running with your elastic laces at this slightly looser tension in the days before the race. You'll want it to be slightly looser on race day so you can easily swoosh out and back into those Nikes or Adidas or New Balances or Hoka's during T1 and T2. What about doing your duathlon race in two separate pairs of shoes, 
one for the first run and one for the second. In this scenario, you can just kick off your shoes at T1 and you don't have to worry about them being perfectly set up for later. You'll have your second pair of shoes placed perfectly on your transition towel under your bike with the lace tightness dialed in and the tongue in the right place, etc. Here you'll have the flexibility to have your laces and tongue perfectly tuned for T2. This reduces the chances of your shoes being scattered around or turned over when you come back to them in T2, because perhaps in your T1 haste, you may not have shed them and placed them perfectly. Let's talk about some potential pitfalls you may encounter with your shoe and lace setup, and some ways to address them. First problem, your tongue is out of place when you come back into T2. This can be solved by running in a shoe with a gusseted tongue. A gusseted tongue connects to the shoe's upper on its sides to conform to your foot more securely. It prevents the tongue from folding over. I do own a pair of shoes with a super thin and floppy tongue which is not gusseted. It hardly provides any protection at all on the top of the foot, so it's kind of just there. To be honest, it does sort of get folded over left and right in a duathlon race as I'm trying to shove my foot back into the shoe. But it almost doesn't matter in my case because I'm racing short sprint duathlons. But a tongue out of place might affect you more in a longer race. So in a longer race, it might be worth it to ship a few more seconds in transition, going slower and putting your tongue in the right position before the second run. There's no use not doing that and then starting to rub and blister the top of your foot two kilometers down the road. The next potential pitfall. Your cold fingers or tired arms are not helping you get your whole foot back into your shoe in T2. If it's a cold day, you might be wearing gloves. These gloves could hurt you in T2 with the fiddly process of getting your running shoes back on. To prevent your gloves from slowing you down, take them off as quickly as you can after the bike leg as you're entering transition 2. Then rack your bike, helmet off onto your transition towel or hung up onto your bike, cycling shoes off, running shoes on. You might be warmed up a bit by now and decide you no longer need the gloves for the last run. Or you might still want them, in which case you can easily put them back on during the beginning of run two. This is assuming you're wearing a tri-suit or cycling jersey or shorts with pockets where you can jam the gloves when you take them off initially. If gloves aren't the issue, but you're still having trouble with tired hands getting your foot in the shoe, you may have to sit down a little bit. Sitting down to put your shoe on is still faster than standing and failing to put the shoe on at all. You may also have to loosen the laces and then retighten them quickly. Your initial goal might have been just pull and shove with no loosening, but it's important to adapt on the fly. The final potential pitfall with shoes and laces are that your shoes end up out of place when you return to your transition towel in T2. Perhaps they got flipped over as you kicked them off in T1. Or maybe the person who racked their bike next to you unfortunately brushed them a bit and flipped them over as they entered or came out of transition. Maybe the high winds blew them over a bit. In an elite world championships race or something highly official like that, each racer has a standard sized basket under their bike in their little transition pit area that all their stuff has to fit into. You get a penalty if your hat or shoes or whatever fall outside this bin. But in your local duathlon, there might not be strict rules to this effect. To prevent this potential pitfall of shoes being out of place, you could always go for the two-shoe option. One pair of shoes for the first running leg, and a whole separate pair for the second running leg. 
this option can definitely get a bit expensive, especially if you want to be a fast lad out there with your carbon-plated super shoes. Personally, I just trust a solo pair of shoes for my duathlons. My duathlon obsession has already got me owning two pairs of running shoes, one for training runs and a special pair just for racing. At this point, I'm not ready to spend even more money on a third pair. Thanks everyone for tuning in. This has been How to Choose the Right Laces for Duathlon. I hope this information can help you go faster in your next race. Duathlon can sometimes attract some wicked fast runners who may or may not have clipless pedals on their bike. Or they do have clipless pedals, but they rarely race multi-sport and maybe they didn't practice transitions or set their shoes up with elastic laces. These guys and gals might be 30 seconds faster than you on the run, but if you gain 30 seconds back in transition, who knows what might happen on that final sprint to the finish line. Good luck, and stay dry, everybody. You can follow The Duathlon Show on Twitter and YouTube at The Duathlon Show. Questions or comments? Show at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a good rating and review on the platform where you found it, and tell your friends. You can support The Duathlon Show by donating at ko-fi.com slash theduathlonshow. 